don't talk louder. Good morning, everybody. I'm going to go ahead and get our gathering started on this morning. Man, there are so many people here. This is crazy. Uh, that is actually not true. If you're in the room, you know that that's not true. Uh, but, uh, you know, we like to trickle in as things go as things go on. But uh, I want to welcome everyone uh, this morning. Uh, welcome to the Village Church where our uh, where our mission is to know Jesus, to enjoy Jesus and to glorify Jesus in all things. And our vision is broken people coming together to embrace and extend Jesus's love. If you are a guest with us today, welcome to the Village Church. There are guest information uh, cards located just outside the sanctuary doors in the narthex please fill one out if you're one of our guests today and drop it in the basket uh, we look forward to connecting with you village church faithful if y'all see somebody who uh, walks in who is not a familiar face uh, please try to uh, direct them to those cards as many of you know our senior pastor reverend alex shipman continues his sabbatical so if you have any questions uh, please send your prayer requests or concerns uh, to the uh, elders. Uh, and please continue to uh, pray for Alex and his family as they start to gear up uh, to come back from sabbatical. I uh, want to remind you all that our nursery is open this morning. Uh, so if you'd like to take your children five and under to the nursery, you are more than welcome to do that. At the Village Church, we believe that the giving of tithes and offerings is an act of worship. So you may uh, give to the vision and mission of the church by using the link on our church website, which is www.enterthevillage.net forward slash give. You can also give by mailing a check to our address, which is 2103 Virginia Boulevard, Huntsville, Alabama 35811. Or after the service by dropping your offering off in the designated area at the back of the sanctuary. Now, we want you to be a part of our flock. So please join us on Flocknote by texting join the mission, all one word, lowercase, join the mission to 84576. Again, that's 84576. If you haven't already done so, uh, please do that. Um, on this week, on Wednesday, uh, there will be no uh, congregational prayer, no corporate prayer meeting, and the church office will be closed from uh, December 23rd through the 24th. Now, we also have uh, an announcement from one of our uh, women's ministry leaders, and uh, if she wants to come right up and make that announcement. Oh, there we go. Okay. Um, we just wanted to give you guys an update on the donations that we delivered to First Stop, and we're super thankful to everyone who donated hats and gloves and styrofoam cups and all the things. We had, like, a full minivan with the seats down. It was so much stuff. It was insane. And First Stop was super grateful and thank you, thankful. Um, so many people will be blessed because of all the donations that you guys gave. So we just wanted to say thank you and go team. Yeah, okay, bye. <laughs> Thanks, Amanda, and thank you all uh, who participated in that. And uh, I think those are your announcements. So as always, please govern yourselves accordingly. So let's prepare our hearts and minds for worship.
Good morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Even though it's cloudy. <laughs> but God is good. Um, for our time of preparation this morning, I want to share um, this, this word from Isaiah 9. Isaiah 9, verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. As we take a few moments here, um, I encourage you to, um, as you're preparing your hearts and your minds, to meditate on that, that we serve the one who is the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Let's take a few moments. Jesus is our wonderful counselor, our mighty God, our everlasting Father, our Prince of Peace. We can come to him. We can cast our cares at his feet. We can surrender all to him this morning.
we have come into this place to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, our Emmanuel, who is with us always. We worship you. We worship you.
worship you. We worship you. His name is Emmanuel, God with us. Our call to worship this morning is taken from the song, Rejoice the Lord is King. Please join with me where it notes congregation. Rejoice, the Lord is King. Your Lord and King adore. Rejoice, give thanks and sing, and triumph evermore. Lift up your heart, lift up your voice. Rejoice again, I say rejoice. Rejoice in glorious hope. Our Lord and judge shall come and take his servants up to their eternal home. Lift up your heart, lift up your voice. Rejoice again, I say rejoice. Will you rejoice with us this morning? Oh, come all you faithful.
together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, being just a man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. This week we focus on our hearts on the Lord of Peace, who came down from the heaven in the form of a baby. In John 14:27, Jesus says, Peace, I leave with you, may peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. As we meditate on the peace that Jesus brings our hearts and our world, Scripture is the place we can find these promises of God. Let us meditate on these truths and allow them to comfort our hearts this Advent season. You're the God of covenant, of faithful promises. Time and time again, you have proven you do just what you say. Though the storms may come and the winds may blow, I'll remain steadfast. And let my heart learn when you speak a word, it will Setting same, I will pray. 
Though the earth may pass away, your word remains the same. Your history can prove there's nothing you can do. You're faithful and true. Though the storms may come and the winds may blow, I'll remain steadfast. And let my heart turn when you speak a word, it will come to pass.
join me in a word of prayer. Lord, as we come before you today, we pray for the world that we inhabit, a world that is unsafe and has been unsafe for quite some time. Lord, we pray that you would send workers into your harvest. And Lord, that you would not allow us to be persuaded or dissuaded by the fear of of danger. Lord, as we listen to the passage for today's sermon in Matthew 1, one chapter over, you fled for your life into Egypt. And here in our nation, we have received over 80,000 Afghan evacuees coming to our shores to receive welcome. Lord, we pray that you would connect believing Afghans to healthy churches throughout our nation. And for Muslim and other um, minority religious uh, practices, that you would still connect them with welcoming Americans, with believers who will express your love, whether they uh, exchange their faith or not, so that you can say that they have uh, have experienced love from you while here on the earth. Lord, we pray for our congregation here at the Village Church. We pray that you would draw near to us as we prepare to observe your birth, that you would strengthen our families, strengthen marriages, and heal those who are sick and are in distress. Lord, we pray for Alex, our pastor, as he prepares to come back to the Village Church after his sabbatical. We pray for blessings for he and his family. And Lord, we pray for wisdom and grace for our church officers. 
Lastly, Lord, we pray for Amos as he prepares to come and deliver a word uh, from you today to our congregation. We bless you for your many, the, the many ways that you have expressed love for us throughout our lives and throughout the generations preceding us. Lord, we thank you and we bless you. We love you. In Jesus' name. That was strong. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I like right there. Good, good response. I'm super excited to see you all this morning and uh, super excited to, uh, to open up God's word to you all and for us all um, on this morning. Uh, so first of all, I do want to thank uh, Emma for reading our Advent reading this morning. I also want to thank Emma for leading us in corporate prayer on Wednesday night. She did an incredible job. And so, y'all, just as I said about Grace uh, last week, y'all need to get to know Emma, too. She's a very interesting person. And, uh, again, I want to give you your flowers uh, and say thanks for doing the reading and for leading us in prayer on Wednesday night. All right. So, uh, Matthew uh, chapter 1, verses 18 through 25 is what we're going to be looking at on today. But before we start to dig in, I want to know what kind of church I'm in right now. This has absolutely nothing to do with the sermon at all, okay? But I just want to know who, who I am laboring amongst at this point. All right. So, by a show of hands, how many of you, um, how many of you all know about the Can We Talk Challenge? So, my wife is the only one that raised her hand. Goodness gracious, maybe the maybe the musicians uh, probably know what I'm talking about. Anyway, that's like I said, that had nothing to do with anything. But I just wanted to know what kind of church I'm in. I took something from that. If you want to know what I took from that, just see me after church. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy and grace, your love, your covenant faithfulness that you have directed towards us, your children. And Lord, as we open up your word, we pray that through your spirit, you would speak to us. Speak to our hearts, Holy Spirit. Give us a word that would bring new life. Just ask that you would dwell with us in a special way on this morning. So, God, we ask that you would speak. That you would speak, Lord, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we do pray. Amen. Uh, so, my brothers and sisters, uh, you all may be aware that um, Alex is going to be uh, you know, joining us again in a in a couple weeks a uh, couple weeks or so and i am really looking forward to yeah you can you can give a hand for that that's okay yeah you can clap for that and so i'm super excited uh for him to be coming back so uh dennis thanks for praying for alex in the um in the prayer of supplication uh but you all please continue to keep alex lifted in your prayer as he in your prayers as he gets ready to transition 
uh, back in. Uh, but I will say you guys got to put up with me for just a little while longer uh, because he's not going to be in the pulpit the uh, first uh, Sunday that he comes back. Uh, but when he comes back, um, y'all showing the love and support that uh, he's he's used to uh, receiving. All right, so my brothers and sisters, we uh, have made it to the climax of sorts um, of our Advent series over the over the last few weeks, we've been looking at the promise of the Messiah in the Old Testament. Uh, we looked at passages from both Genesis and Isaiah. Uh, Isaiah, excuse me. Uh, and today we will look at the fulfillment of those promises. Uh, there's a singer. She's really gifted, really talented. Tori Kelly. Uh, she has a song that says, Christmas is my favorite time of year. It's a really good song, and it also features another one of my favorite singers of all time, uh, India Ari. So you should check that song out this Advent season. It's called uh, Christmas is My Favorite Time of Year. Now, Advent is a time of celebration. It's a time of joy. Uh, But for many folk, uh, Advent uh, is a season of difficulty. And Christmas is particularly difficult. It's a particularly difficult holiday for myself, for me. My family growing up always had a tradition of opening one gift on Christmas Eve. Uh, But one particular uh, Christmas Eve, it it was late on Christmas Eve in 1992 that me and my family's lives just changed forever. I was only about, I was only four years old, uh, but that day is chiseled into my memory uh, like words etched in stone. As we were beginning to open our one gift on Christmas Eve, the phone rang. We actually had uh, one of those old tan rotary phones uh, that hung on one of the walls in our duplex apartment. So my mom, she picked up the phone, and after pausing for a few moments, she let out the most heartbreaking scream that I have ever heard in my life. She had just been told that her mom, the matriarch of our family, at only 48 years old, had died on the operating table of the OR at Huntsville Hospital. I don't remember any Christmases before that, but I know something for sure. I know for a fact that Christmas was never the same for me and for my family after that day. My brothers and sisters, Advent is a time of joy and it is a time of celebration. But for various reasons, some of which uh, our brother Dennis mentioned in his prayer, for various reasons, Advent can be a difficult time of year for a lot of people. So as we give and as we receive gifts um, on Christmas and during this Advent season, let's remember what Advent is really about, what Advent is really all about. It is about a light shining into the darkness of this world. It is about the people of God receiving beauty for our ashes. It is about the advent of a promised seed, a promised 
shoot from the stump of of Jesse. It is about the promise of a young plant who grew up before God. It is about the crushing of the head of the serpent. It is a promise of a just and righteous king. It is about the promise of God's chosen servant who would lay down his life to save many from their sins. Advent is about the promised Messiah coming to bring cosmic redemption to all of creation. Our passage today is a culmination of all of these promises. But my brothers and sisters, this is not the nativity story of the movies. It seems like for some reason uh, the movies always like to leave out the juicy parts about Jesus' advent. Uh, Some movies and some adaptations of the birth of Christ allude to the virgin conception of Christ, but they skip over the dysfunction surrounding Jesus' birth. And the scriptures aren't shy to tell the whole story. And our passage captures this perfectly. Um, The promise of our salvation was birthed out of this darkness and dysfunction. Let's look at verses 18 and 19 together. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, Before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man and willing to and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. My brothers and sisters, every family came from dysfunction. That resonated with y'all. I'll give you my testimony. I am a son born from an out-of-wedlock conception to a man who was serving two life sentences in prison and from a girl from government housing, from the projects, from the hood. As a matter of fact, I didn't know that I had two older sisters from my father's previous marriage until I was slightly older than my son Caleb is right now. So, I came from dysfunction. We all came from dysfunction. If it wasn't your immediate family, then somewhere down the line, I can promise you there is dysfunction. Because the very first family who existed was a dysfunctional family. Remember the story of Cain and Abel? (laughs) Well, my brothers and sisters, the reality is is that we are all descendants of that first family. And even within Jesus' lineage, there are prostitutes, adulterers, and murderers. But then to top all of that off, the details surrounding Jesus' birth are both miraculous and scandalous. Now, I have a sermon uh, that I like to preach from uh, Luke 2. um, It's an Advent uh, sermon, but... I call it the scandal of the Advent. I almost actually revisited that sermon again this year, uh, but I decided to go with Matthew 1 because of the fulfillment pattern that Matthew uses. But I want to let all of you know that 
the advent of the Lord Jesus is as scandalous as it is mysterious. What happened here in verses 18 and 19 would have not been any less controversial and scandalous if it happened today. Now, although modern technologies like IVF, they exist, that's not what's happening here in our passage. And the Greek is interesting here. I thought it was interesting, so I'll share it with you. The Greek roughly translates to uh, not Mary was pregnant, but Mary had it in the womb. Mary had it in the womb. So in, uh, in the Greek, in the Greek language, you didn't get pregnant. You just had it in the womb. Uh, but the child who was in Mary's womb is not a child of fornication. It's not a child of sexual abuse. What Mary had in her womb was from the Holy Ghost. It was from the Holy Spirit. Now, as Christians, we are rightly consumed and overwhelmed by the mystery of all of this. But it would have been a scandal back then, just like it would be a scandal today. Uh, Husbands, y'all know where I'm going with this. If your wife came to you and told you, that she was pregnant and it was from the Holy Spirit, you'd have questions, to say the least. So it was a scandalous situation, and the text demonstrates the gravity of the situation by showing us Joseph's reaction. When Joseph found out that Mary had it in the womb, when Mary, that Mary was pregnant, Joseph wanted to handle the issue privately. It says that he was a, a just man, and he wanted to handle the issue privately. This is why. Here is a potential reason that, uh, that Joseph wanted to handle this privately. Because in Jewish law, if, if a woman was found to be sexually immoral, why in certain biblical texts, they always put the, the woman forward and not the man as an interesting thing. Uh, but if in Jewish law, a woman was found to be sexually immoral, they could be executed. They could be brought before her, the, the woman could be brought before her father and be stoned. Now, the, the, the virgin conception of the Lord Jesus is miraculous but it is also a potentially dark situation also. Now, my brothers and sisters, Jesus, uh, the second person of the Trinity, God in the flesh, Jesus is the king of the universe. He could have come as royalty. He could have chosen to come through a family with great wealth. Instead, he chose to come supernaturally through a virgin to a working-class family from the other side of the tracks. Let me make it plain for you. Jesus was born in Bethlehem, but he was raised in Nazareth, the Bible tells us. And Nazareth, my brothers and sisters, wasn't Beverly Hills. Nazareth wasn't Soho. Nazareth was the hood. Nazareth was the trailer park. Nazareth had more in common with shanty towns and slums than mansions and high-rise condos. And Jesus 
came right into the darkest part of the darkness to shine light, to shine the light of his glory. So Jesus could have potentially, I want you to see this here. Jesus could have potentially grown up in a single parent home or even worse, his life was at risk because the because of the situation surrounding his birth. Mary could have been stoned and Joseph was on his way out, as many husbands today probably would do. But. But God, God stepped in. Let's look at verses 20 and 21. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. My brothers and sisters, I'm thankful for the conjunction, but especially in this passage, and my brothers and sisters, you should be thankful for that conjunction too. It's, it's such a simple word, but it demonstrates God's faithfulness to keep his promises. Joseph was ready to throw in the towel on this relationship until God intervened. And my brothers and sisters, we all have testimonies where we can see how the hand of God intervened on our behalf. We can all testify, just like the hymn that says, I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry, and from the waters lifted me, now safe am I. This is the testimony of every believer. That the sovereign God has entered our messed up and jacked up situations and brought life where there was nothing but death. The Lord intervened because what was in Mary's womb was the fulfillment of God's covenant promises. The angel of the Lord calls Joseph son of David. Which would have made the angel's words click in Joseph's brain. Because God had promised that the Messiah would come through the royal line of King David. And Joseph was a descendant of King David, just as the genealogy in the first 16 verses of this chapter demonstrates to us. The only reason that Joseph could accept Mary's pregnancy is because God intervened and opened Joseph's eyes to see that this was much bigger than him. The promise of the shoot from Jesse was finally being fulfilled and it was going to happen through Joseph and Mary. My brothers and sisters, can you imagine being chosen by God for such a purpose? This is why I have no problem with the song, Mary, Did You Know? Y'all may have seen my Facebook post from earlier this week. Some people don't like that song. But Mary, even though she had been... uh, prophesied to by an angel of the Lord, could not have understood the full gravity of what was happening to her. She was going to be the mother of the Messiah who would save the entire world from their sins. 
So God's plan gave Joseph and Mary eternal significance. I want you to see something or at least understand something. If God doesn't choose Mary and Joseph for his purposes, we would never know their names. They would have been just another couple in ancient Palestine. But God used them to bring about the fulfillment of his promises. Let's let's look at verses 22 through 25. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. This is the prophet Isaiah. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, He did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Here it is, my brothers and sisters. Finally, the truth of the promise has come out. Jesus is the promise that we've all been waiting for. The promise was never simply about words. The promise is about the word. The promise is about a person. The promise is about the Lord Jesus himself. The promise is about the second person of the Trinity taking on flesh in order to save God's people from their sins. The promise is Emmanuel, God with us. Now, we translate uh, the Hebrew name Emmanuel as God with us, which is correct. But the construction of the name is more like with us, God. So this speaks to God's eminence. He is a God who can see. Our God is a God who can speak. Yes, our God is transcendent above creation, but he is also eminent in creation. Our God is a with us God. He came to save us from our sins, and he did this by shedding his blood at Calvary. It was into the darkness of Calvary which brought forth the light of the resurrection. The resurrection strengthens our faith that Jesus is exactly who he said he is. The resurrection points us to the truth that the first advent will bring forth a second advent. It shows us that the words of Revelation 19 will be fulfilled. Let me read the words of Revelation 19, verses 11 through 16. Then I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. The one sitting on it is called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes are like a flame of fire, and on his head are many diadems. And he has a name written that no one knows but himself. He is clothed in a robe dipped in blood, and the name by which he is called is the Word of God. And the armies of heaven, arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, were following him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron. 
He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God, the Almighty, God the Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord, Lord of Lords. Again, Christ's first advent, again, points us to the fact that also Revelation 21, verses 1 through 4, will come true as well. Revelation 21, 1 through 4 says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. My brothers and sisters, this is the promise of Advent. Let us look forward to the complete fulfillment of that promise. Let's pray. Father, as we look, as we live in the already but not yet, help us to take courage, help us to take faith in the truth of your promises. You are a with us God. You have not left us alone. You see You know, you care, and you have power to do something about the things that we deal with on a daily basis. So, Lord Jesus, we thank you for taking the initiative while we were yet in sin uh, to take on flesh and to live a perfectly sinless life on our behalf and to die the death that we should have been dying to suffer the suffering that we should have been suffering to endure the wrath of God that we should have endured Lord Jesus you did that on our behalf we thank you that you rose from death declaring authority in the entire cosmos belonged to you and so we put our hope in the promises that we celebrate during the Advent season. And we thank you for being with us. We thank you for dwelling with us. So God, we thank you. We give you praise and glory and honor. It is in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit that I do pray. Amen. This part of the service is, I don't know, it's particularly special today because we've been going through a series called The Promise. And uh, as we come to the Lord's table, uh, we are reminded of, again, the truth of his promises uh, as we partake in the Lord's Supper. And so as we uh, prepare our hearts and minds to uh, 
to feast on Christ by faith. Remember the covenant promises that our triune God has extended to us, the family of God. Um, Now, if uh, you weren't able to grab uh, the elements when you were coming in, uh, please let us know by raising your hand and we'll have one of our officers to bring you bread and wine. Now, um, the Lord's table is open to all of God's children who have made a profession of faith. And so if that is you, you are welcome to the Lord's table to partake with us. Uh, But if you have not, uh, if you do not know the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we ask that you would allow the elements to pass you by. Um, The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 warns us that there is great danger in taking uh, the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner. Um, But if you are not yet a believer, uh, we do pray that you would meditate on the gospel that has been proclaimed before you today and ask that the the Spirit would uh, reveal um, to you the truth of the gospel even in this moment. Uh, Now, also, I want to speak to our covenant children as well Uh, we hope and we will rejoice in the day that you are granted faith and repentance and we look forward to the day that you all will be able to partake in this meal with us as well as part of the family of God now um, let's uh, have a word of prayer Father in heaven we thank you that uh, you have provided this means of grace for us, that uh, we feast on you by faith, that we are strengthened. Uh, this is just uh, this is just uh, some carbs and some juice, um, but we ask that you would set it aside for uh, spiritual use, uh, that we uh, may be strengthened. By by you, Lord. And so we thank you for this this time. We thank you for this gift that you have given us uh, to remember the sacrifice that you made for us at Calvary. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that I do pray. Amen. On the that the Lord Jesus. On the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples. As I am ministering in his name, give this bread to you all, and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup, and having given thanks, as has been done in his name, he gave it to his disciples, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Drink from it, all of you.
Father, we thank you once again uh, for this meal. Help it to be real for your children. In the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit, I pray. Amen.
receive now the Lord's benediction. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Go in grace, my friends. Thank you.